You're listening to Meet the RIA. In this special podcast edition of the show, you'll get expert insight from some of the top registered investment advisors in the country. Here's your host, Jenna Dagenhart, and today's special guest, Vance Bars, wealth strategist and founder at Your Dedicated Fiduciary. Joining us now to talk about succession planning is Vance Bars, wealth strategist and founder of Your Dedicated Fiduciary. Vance, for starters, what's the state of the state right now? We've seen a lot of M&A activity. We certainly have, Jenna. There are multiple factors driving this record M&A activity, including record low interest rates, which is nothing new. There's a lot of competition for assets. So larger RIAs are actively on the hunt for smaller RIAs to consolidate those assets, to build upon their asset base. There are multiple providers of loans to help facilitate these deals. And ultimately, there are retirement age advisors that are transitioning into their retirement. So what are some of the key points that sellers should consider? Great news for sellers. There has never been a better time in history to sell a firm. It's important to have a continuity plan in place for a foundational plan. Many advisors go, why would I sell my firm for two to three times gross when I could work another five to seven years, make great money, and nurture the relationships that I've had for decades? And that's a great question. If you don't have a continuity plan in place, though, and you're hit by the proverbial bus or worse, let's say you're incapacitated by someone texting and driving, for example, it's important to have that plan in place so that your estate, your family, and clients are all in good hands should something happen. If a seller really knows that she or he is ready to go to the marketplace, it's really important to understand what their primary interest is in a potential successor. Is it fit? Because if it's fit, then maybe that acquirer looks like a younger version of the selling advisor. If there's one thing that the COVID world has taught us, it's that we now live in a work from anywhere environment. Maybe that buyer is not down the street. Maybe that buyer doesn't even live in the state. Perhaps that buyer manages more or less money than the seller. But if you ultimately want fit, then consider options that might not be readily local. If your primary driver is sales price, and that's totally fine. You might expand your options by including private equity or larger REA roll-ups, which have a history of paying larger multiples. But understand that if you proceed with one of those options, your human touch that you've provided to clients for decades might be lost by way of having a larger firm acquire you. It's really important to understand due diligence, and I can't emphasize this enough. Due diligence, due diligence, due diligence. When you sell your firm, you really want to understand who the buyer is. Have you done a background check on this acquirer on FINRA or the SEC website? What will happen with your current employees? Will they still have a job? How will that person manage the relationships that you have built for decades? And many more questions become very important for a seller to consider. And ultimately, is the transition going to be smooth on clients? 
Yeah, Vance, you mentioned the importance of both due diligence as well as continuity planning. To quickly follow up on that, why is continuity planning so important? Continuity planning is vital because your family, your staff, and your clients want to know that there is an action plan in place if something happens to you. Because otherwise, the clients might be left without an advisor, and ultimately that income could walk away. Yeah, now what about the buyers? You mentioned it's a good time for sellers, but what about the buyers? What do they need to keep in mind? As with sellers, buyers need to focus on due diligence, due diligence, and more due diligence. Focus on the acquisition opportunity. Who are those clients? What are those profiles? What is the number of households in that firm? What is the average account size? Are there multiple revenue generating opportunities that as of yet have not been tapped for that client base? And are there multi-generational planning opportunities among those clients? Who is the seller? Are there any liabilities? Are there any client complaints? What's going to happen with the staff? Speaking of which, are the current staff members your greatest asset or could they become your greatest liability? It's really important to understand the nuances of structuring that deal because you never want to have buyer's remorse. Comb through the P&L statements with fine detail because it's really important to understand what expenses might have been run through the business and the nuances of that P&L statement. And ultimately, how long do you want that seller involved? Because many buyers acquire the business and they say, okay, we've had our client introductions. We have secured the relationship. This is now our show and we want to run it. So it's really good to understand those expectations up front. Finally, Vance, as someone who's so well-versed in succession planning and who's actually been considering acquiring, could you share a little bit more about your personal experiences in the space? Absolutely. My firm successfully acquired a small practice of high net worth investors several years ago. It was a seamless transition. On paper, we never would have been matched. That seller was a brokerage-based conventional mutual fund salesperson, if you will. And we have a fiduciary financial planning model. But it was a great experience because many of those clients were able to transition successfully and completely. We had a couple clients not make the transition, one of whom transitioned to the spiritual side, the other of whom wanted commission-based transactions for cost-based purposes, but otherwise everyone else came over and it was a great experience. It's really important for buyers and sellers to do four things. First, start with a mutual alignment of interests. Remember, we are in the business of serving human beings and we want the transition to go as seamless as possible. Secondarily, we want to make sure that it's a good fit. Are we philosophically aligned? Thirdly, get the facts on tax. It's important that buyers and sellers have some give and take in the structuring of the deal. And ultimately, it might bring value to both buyer and seller to hire an outside independent firm such as FP Transitions or Echelon to conduct evaluation on the practice. Vance, any other final thoughts for buyers or sellers? Yes, it's really important for both buyers and sellers to have a sense of security 
in communicating with one another and sharing information. So it's vital that a confidentiality agreement or non-disclosure agreement is established upfront because we're sharing some very material information here and it brings a sense of confidence and security for both parties. All great considerations. Well, Vance, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And thank you for watching. Once again, that was Vance Bars, founder of Your Dedicated Fiduciary. I'm Jenna Dagenhart with Asset TV. Thank you for tuning in to Meet the RA. Be sure to visit AssetTV.com, your source for financial news and information, and to check out our other additional episodes of Meet the RA.